Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, then please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Another happy pod. Hello and welcome to another happy pod, uh, brought to you by a network that we are no longer mentioning. Uh, the pod where we keep it fresh, positive, dripping in. Uh, what kind of vibes? Uh, spicy vibes today. We are your hosts. My name is Lawrence. I'm joined as usual by Nathan, who is an old decrepit bastard. There's just absolutely no fucking need for any of that. Like I. I I don't even know. Fuck you. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, hope you missed us. We've been gone for a month, but now we're back. <laughs> We've been gone for so long. You know what? When We're talking about The Mandalorian Season 2, by the way. It's no Mandalorian surprise. Season the title. 2, baby. Here we go. We were going to record this the very next day after the Season 2 came out because we were going to make a real conscious effort. My birthday. It was your birthday, yeah. We were making a real conscious effort to keep it relevant uh, and to keep our content kind of, you know, moving with the times. Um, a month has passed since that date. The first opportunity we didn't get to because Boris decided to lock the world down with no notice and ruin Christmas. Uh, and then the second time, we just couldn't be asked, and then we couldn't be asked again, and then we couldn't be asked again. But here we are. So we took like a, a pretty much a month break, but we're back. <laughs> Here we are. Because this is so strenuous, we need to take a break. <laughs> talking into a microphone is just too hard. I'll tell you, just getting everything set up to talk into a microphone for 40 minutes every week, ugh, it's not easy. And it's I miss Nathan easy. because of it. We don't talk outside of this podcast. We're not mm, even friends. No, no, I can't stand Lawrence. No, well, we're going to have to stomach each other again, Nathan. Um, Mandalorian Season 2, I can barely remember it. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? <laughs> How can you barely remember it? I, look, I, but it's been so long since I've seen it. Yes, I know what happened in the show, but like, I can't remember every episode in detail. Normally I like shotgun a show or just fucking watch a movie right before we record. But I have, I've had a month off now. I've had a month to process my thoughts and I haven't thought about it too much. Oh, you, you are the worst. I mean, neither have I, but you are the worst. All right, so let's start here. So let's start, let's start with The Mandalorian as a whole. Like season one, season two, just whatever. Thoughts, go, hit me. Uh, I liked it. Uh, it came out. It was something that I was like, I was never massively like super interested in it. But then I watched the first episode and have been super into it since. Um, I I deal with it, man. It's 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 my shit. I like it. It's it's interesting. It's a different kind of take on Star Wars that we haven't seen, and I like the fact that there's just like every time a Jedi or like the Force is mentioned, um, especially in season one, the Mandalorian's like, what the fuck's that about? And like, <laughs> it's so not. It's like kind of breather of like it's not life or death stakes anymore. Like, um, or it's not like the fate of the the galaxy on this man's shoulders it's just a man for a long time trying to just protect a little kid which i quite enjoy yeah yeah uh, i i i would agree for the most part um it, it is really good it was it kind of caught me by surprise and the fact that i thought it was going to be one thing i thought it was going to be this sort of like gritty uh, underground crime driven very sort of darker star wars show uh which it just isn't it's it's very much in the rest of the themes of Star Wars, uh, keeping with everything we know. Um, and it's, it is a show about a single dad and his kid. And I love that. That's great. 
Yeah. And Pedro Pascal in this character is just so fucking good. And we get to see so much more of him in season two as well, which is brilliant. Like, I know you get the one, like, the big scene where he takes his mask off. And I thought, oh, okay, that's... When I, when I first saw that episode, I thought, oh, okay, that's going to be, like, the big thing they do every season. There's going to be, like, the one, the one episode... Um, you know, like in Breaking Bad, they were only allowed to say fuck once in once per season. And so like when the fuck came around, it was like a big thing. Um, I thought it was going to be like that. But for um, but for the Mandalorian and Pedro Pascal taking his helmet off. But we got it. How many did we get it? Two times? Two, twice. Three? Yeah. Once in season one, twice in season two. Uh, so in season three, you should take it off three times. So that's the, that's... <laughs> they're built. They're building up. Yeah, they're building up. <laughs> By season 10, he'll be, he'll be off uh, every episode. So there we go. Fantastic. It was just that's it. Wasn't there like a fake news article about him hating wearing the helmet or something as well? Yeah, there was. So there was. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with someone called Grace Randolph. Um, but she is she's like a YouTube like clickbait walking fucking moron basically. Right, she's All an she enemy does, of the show. <laughs> an enemy of the show. All she does is just fucking create fake stories um and just get as much traction as possible. I don't know how she gets away with the shit she does, but she basically reported that uh, Pedro Pascal hates being in the Mandalorian costume. He wants more screen time. And because of this, he has been fired and he was leaving midway through season two. Obviously, that turned out to be bullshit. Just waffle, yeah. We've seen season two. Spoiler alert, he's in it until the very end. So Also, do you think Pedro Pascal... Right, do you think Lucasfilm, Disney, have got Pedro Pascal, the title character, the, the actor of the title character, in the first Disney Plus Star Wars series, like, live action? Do you think they've got him on a contract that would just allow him to be like, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore? Like, he could be half dead and they'd be like, get on fucking set now. That's, that's true. And he's all, and he's all, he's spoken as well about how much he loves the show, how much he loves being in character. You know, in like, in the first season, there was lots of reports that he wasn't really in it that much when you whenever you really saw the mandalorian it was mostly a stunt double whether or not that's true i don't think it really matters but in the second season um if you watch disney gallery the behind the scenes like documentary of it they made a clear decision to show you that he is on set a lot he is in that costume quite a bit he is the Mandalorian, uh, which, so it's, which it's is good news either way, then because he, he either is there every day and loves it, or Pedro Pascal has secured the easiest bag in Hollywood history. <laughs> I don't think it matters if he's if he is doing just the voice and then the occasional role as well. I don't think that really matters. He's still playing the character, so I say fucking hats off to you, Pedro. But no, he is there on set quite a lot, and he is something that he clearly loves doing, and he is really really great in that role he is i mean we'll get into like the deeper moments i'm sure later on but like i said when the the when the mask comes off and he has those moments of acting one moment in particular um in the episode with bill burr when they like infiltrate the empire facility uh, and and he takes his mask off. The, first of all, just the fact that he takes it off, just the fact that he himself makes that decision to take off to take off the helmet because it's it's his only option. It's his only option to save his his son, which immediately for me, fucking amazing character development. That's the shit I live for. Um, so hats off to that. But then when they have the inglorious bastards moment, the sit down with General fucking whatever his name is, General Night King or whatever. Uh, the way the way he's actually looking between them he can't just like shift his eyes he has to he can't just use his peripheral vision because he's so used to being in the helmet he's turning his full head and body around to look at them which i think is just in- incredible i didn't acting. notice that that's yeah. that's a really cool little attention to detail that yeah yeah it's really good and like like i said he is just really good in that room uh all right so but yeah so season one as a whole you liked it yeah 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 i was i was well on board of it Excuse me, I was taking a drink. <clears throat> cool. Uh, all right, uh, season two then. So we started off uh, with the episode uh, we're on Tatooine uh, with Cobb Vanth, a character who first appeared in a book. 
Um, he appeared in uh, Aftermath, Star Wars Aftermath. He wasn't. He didn't ever explicitly say that he was wearing Boba Fett's armor. He was just like, uh, like a marshal of a town who was wearing Mandalorian armor. That that's all. And it never explicitly said it was Boba Fett, but everyone kind of thought, is that Boba Fett? Is that is that maybe that's Boba Fett? And obviously, this just confirmed that. Uh, so, it it was great to see to see that. What did you think of that episode? I, I really liked it. So, like, I, my first introduction to his character, I'm glad you're here because I don't know anything about the books or anything. So I, I didn't know he was a pre-existing kind of thing. Um, I thought it was entirely made up for the show. Um, I, my first, the first scene with him, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not overly fond of this because I thought he was going to be a bit of a one-note, I'm, I'm the cop in the big city kind of thing. Like, I thought he was going to be a bit of annoying, like, a bit annoying. Um that very quickly changed. Um, I knew from the... It's interesting you say that like, people in Tatooine were like, is this Boba Fett? Because he is far too skinny to be Boba Fett. <laughs> like, that that armour just makes him look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. I, th- I think that's intentional, though. I, I, I think that is very much intentional. Like, because mo- when you see him, you first see... Boba Fett's armor, and immediately you're like, "Holy shit, Boba Fett!" And you're like, "No, okay, no, no, that's not Boba Fett." Because you're right, he is way too slim. Uh, it it doesn't fit him properly at all. Um, I, I think that is definitely intentional, though. And just to pick up on something, it's not that the people of Tatooine were like, "Is that Boba Fett?" What I'm saying is like, people like Star Wars fans, like people were reading it and thinking, "Oh, is that Boba Fett?" Yeah, because we didn't actually know. Okay, all right. Yeah, I suppose when it's drawn as well, it looks it looks different. Um, it's a book, not yeah, a comic no, book, I, you idiot. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, like, I said I hadn't yeah. read it, Nathan. Yeah, no, but you said when it's drawn. Okay, well, I assumed it was a comic book. I'm very sorry about this. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't come at You know what? This is why we, we're going to take another month off after this, because I'm sick of this. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I really like this episode. They, this is the one with the IMAX sequence, right? Or is that it's, the next episode? No, yeah, it's this one with the uh, the crate Dragon. That's, that's fucking cool. That's, it was. It's just a really cool season. I remember, because you watched this uh, before me, we were going to have a watch party together, and then Nathan just <laughs> decided to stream it without me. Um, and then claim he forgot. Yeah, there it is. You see? I see, did. there it is, everyone. Proof. <laughs> I did. I forgot. <laughs> I just woke up and I was excited towards the Mandalorian. Leave me alone. That's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. We just... That's how it is. Um, so, yeah, you, you texted me and you said, by the way, there's an IMAX sequence. And I went, what? And you went, at one point, the black bars just disappear. And I was like, oh, okay, shit. Yeah, um, yeah that was just fine. That's... It made me just kind of go, this this shouldn't be TV. Like, this TV show has such a fucking insane budget for doing I, I, shit like this. It does, as, it does and it doesn't, though. That's the thing. It does, for a TV show, yeah, it, it has an insane budget. More, more than most TV shows. Uh, because it's, it's Star Wars, and it's obviously very VFX-heavy. But the way they shoot it, like, the actual, the volume set, like, the 360 screens all around and everything like that... It's, I mean, it's relatively cheaper than than actually like going on on location and, and everything like that. So it, it is done on the budget, but you cannot tell the difference though. Like you just cannot when they're on that set, when they're in that room surrounded by the LED screens, you cannot tell that they're in a room. You you just think they're in the fucking Jordan Desert or wherever they are. Like it's it's insane, man. I watched um on the when when the gallery um came out for season two. I was watching about like the updates that, that they made to that uh, that kind of uh, method or machine or whatever the fuck it is, however you'd class it. Um, and the, the, there's such little cool things that like even I was I was thinking about it like you don't realize that when the camera zooms, the background behind them needs to zoom as well. Like yeah, all that little shit, man. Is it's just so fucking clever, and it really goes back to the attention to detail. Because if it if it worked. Nine at ninety nine percent like quality, you'd notice, but it doesn't. It works flawlessly. It really does, and I think that is. I think that's the future of a lot of stuff as well. A lot of like TV and film, as opposed to just doing standard green screens. I think that is definitely uh, the future, just because I think it's easier for the actors as well, because obviously they don't have to just look at a green room. Can you imagine how much better? 
Hayden Christensen's performance would have been with one of these. Leave him alone, all right? No, no, no. I love it, right? And I think he's great. Like, but he's said himself the worst thing about the prequels of the fact that like people were like, oh, it's just acting. It's so easy. But not when you're staring at a fucking blue box. Like, <laughs> and, and you're told that that's going to be an alien that you've got to have a conversation with. Like, yeah. I completely have sympathy for him. But can you imagine like if the prequels were made today and they had this technology? I think there'd be different films completely. We'll, we'll find out Obi-Wan's using the same technology. So we'll find out. He's in it. He's in it. <laughs> Don't let me down. Would <laughs> you watch like a year from now? I'm going to be like, okay, Hayden Christensen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave him alone. He's good. No, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. He loves it. Um, <laughs> I've got a question to ask you because and we're going to be like jumping all around here. So we'll we'll get to everything. Um, you you've said before you've uh, you forced me to watch the Clone Wars, um, but I still never got to see an episode of the Clone Wars uh, with Ahsoka in it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, one of the big things about this season was that they brought in Rosario Dawson as uh, Ahsoka. I wanted to ask you whether, one, it's like... Obviously, I know it was good casting because she played the role well, but did she play the role well in relation to the Ahsoka that you've built a connection to in The Clone Wars? Because I don't really know anything about that character other than she was Anakin's apprentice. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, no, she did. Yeah, she Rosario was was very good. I can't take that away from her. Um, I, I think I would have preferred Ashley Eckstein, uh, the voice actress who plays her, and that's purely just because, like, I know, uh, like, that's the character I've been with for the past 10 years or whatever. That's, that's who Ahsoka is to me. But even then, though, the voice isn't that different. She, like, Rosario Dawson doesn't sound all that different to Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, sure, it's noticeable. It's clearly not the same voice. But, you know, Hayden Christian is not the same voice as fucking Matt Lanter in The Clone Wars. So these things happen. Um, true, I, I liked true. it. I did like it. I, it was really good to see Ahsoka in live action. And it was very true to her character as well. Everything we know about her, it was personified perfectly in that episode. Um, didn't, I, didn't Dave Filoni write that episode? I, he did, yeah, which is obviously why because like that makes that makes a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah Dave Filoni is like Ahsoka is his his character like no one at Lucasfilm or Star Wars can use Ahsoka without like getting permission from him because he uh, he doesn't own the character Lucasfilm owns the character but he essentially owns the character uh just because he created her he he gave that character everything he is essentially her father uh much like star wars always likes to do he he really crafted that character is, and... is it kind of like one of them things where like y- you say like you could have had you could be dave filoni's worst enemy but you if you're making an ahsoka episode or like an ahsoka film or something everyone at the board meeting is going to be like dude just fucking speak to dave filoni you need to Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Like, there is no way you could do anything revolving around Ahsoka without uh, without consulting Dave Filoni. You, you just can't. He he knows the character in and out. He, he, he just knows everything there is to know. So it makes sense that he wrote uh, and direct, maybe directed that episode, I think. I think he did. Yeah, I think he wrote and directed it. There's a there's a there's a brilliant moment with Dave Filoni. I think it's like my favorite on-screen Dave Filoni moment. Uh, in it's in the gallery documentary again, and he's speaking to John Favreau. And John Favreau is obviously like he's I I think he's the showrunner, isn't he? So he's like yeah, um, he's like he must be the most busy man on the planet at the minute, um, or at that time anyway. Um, and in the um, in the gallery he's just kind of speaking to him and Dave Filoni goes uh, I don't know what the context is but he goes we could try spinning that's a good trick like as a joke <laughs> as a joke to John Favreau and obviously that's a that's a reference to the prequels um so he goes he goes to Dave Filoni uh, he goes to John Favreau we could try spinning that's a good trick and John Filoni because the camera's on him just goes <laughs> And it's and it's so fucking evident he has no clue what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> he he has no he idea. He's just but like that's, that's why they work well together because like John Favreau, he's kind of like the knowledge of like the original trilogy. He's very much an original trilogy kid. Grew up uh, watching those films, playing up with those action figures, which is essentially what this show is—just them two playing with action figures. Um, and then 
Dave Filoni, he's while he also loves the originals, he's very much more a prequel guy. Uh, obviously, working on the Clone Wars, uh, he's he, he's lived in that world for quite a while. And he, he's he's the reason why a lot of people, I think, have so much love for the prequels these days. I, I think it is definitely, definitely down to he definitely could like contextualize them a little bit and said like because in the first gallery he was like when you think about them in this way they're really something special um and that that like, obviously i i i like the prequels anyway but it did turn my head on them and made me go you know what like yes <laughs> there's some bad stuff in them but ultimately like they're part of star wars and ultimately i like star wars so i guess i like these and i, and I think once you've once you've watched the clone wars i think you will like them even more because again it's just context you just have more context for that storyline and and what george uh, was trying to do because a lot of people don't realize this as well but george was actually a big factor in the clone wars as well george george lucas did a lot of the writing and stories for the clone wars it was it was george lucas and then dave filoni directly underneath him for the majority of clone wars it was only season seven the final season where where it was just filoni on his own um so so yeah george lucas had a really big input on that um yeah which which is good um but yeah ahsoka was really good i think the only the only gripe uh the only two gripes i would have um is that ah- ahsoka's not a jedi she she makes that very clear in in star wars rebels in one incredible moment she's not a jedi she left the order years and years ago by this point um yeah. And, it, and again, it's not that she said she is a Jedi. She just didn't correct anyone when they said she was a Jedi. So that's yeah. that's kind of a gripe. Uh, and another thing as well is her Montreal, so like Leku. I don't know if you know what that is, but her basically tentacles coming out of her head. Yeah, yeah, her big head, her big yeah. head things. Yeah, they're they're a little short. They're a little short from what they should be. Like in Rebels, they're like pretty much down to her waist. Um, and <laughs> do they get is... old? Do they get shorter with age? <laughs> maybe so, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think that's just because of like a stunt point of view, really. Like I think it would be hard to do it, like all the stunts and the action with like these long tentacles hanging off. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine them just flapping about? Like, I yeah, can, yeah. Like if it's a practicality thing, I'm completely fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, shit, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly okay with it. It's just one of those things. Like again. You, animation doesn't always translate great to live action like i completely understand that you always have to change things and and make it look better for for live action and 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 work with actually what you can work with what is actually possible within the realm of live action so so i understand that things have to change and and it's just one of those things you know i'm fine with it really yeah no that's well i guess that's fair enough um question for you uh well essentially do you think right? So Moff Gideon was um, was the bad guy, right? He's the um, and he's played by um, John Carl uh, Esposito. That's the one, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's he's like notorious with bad guys now. Like if you want a good bad guy, he's the man yeah. to go to. Like he's he's brilliant. He is, um, yeah. In season one, I genuinely thought he was like fuck one of the best like Star Wars villains up there. I mean, obviously, I know you've got Vader and shit like that, but like as as like the the smaller scale Star Wars villains go, I thought he was well up there. Yeah. Um, and then season two came around, and for about I don't know the first couple of episodes, I thought he was I thought he was the same. I had the same opinion of him. <laughs> Ultimately, do you think he was a bit of a letdown in the end? Um. Yeah, it's difficult. He's kind of but also kind of not because okay yeah he didn't really do much um and i guess in that sense yes okay because he wasn't like some big threatening villain who who won the day and and made the hero you know took them to their weakest moment and everything like that he he didn't really get that moment so yeah. so yeah, in that I can, and especially if you have uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you, you'd expect something like that—some like big grand moment where he's won and and everything like that—and that just didn't happen. So yeah, in that respect, yeah. But also, I think he did the job that he was intended to do. Um, I I don't think we're done with him at all. Um, I think he is definitely coming back into season three because he's not dead. He's tr- trying to fucking top himself. Yeah, but, and where's, but where's the threat there, though? Like, because his whole threat was the fact that he had like 
what was left of the empire essentially just on him he was like he could basically just be like go and fucking do this because i said so and they'd be like okay and now he's going to be well i'd imagine i know the show will obviously have a plot and an arc for him um but it, it feels like at the minute like all of the the kind of threat level that he'd built up for two seasons now is just kind of undone and the way it was undone i just felt a little bit like anticlimactic about it i thought it was a bit he's no longer really that much of a threat because one bloke on his own isn't the threat like that's the whole point the might of the empire like everyone against a band of rebels that's the point it's not stormtroopers aren't fucking scary but 200 of them are do you know what i mean i think i i don't know what the threat is i don't i can't answer that because i i just don't know um i it's i don't think it's as simple as one man on his own can't be scary because it absolutely can be it just depends on who the man is uh, oh yeah but it's not him. him do you know what i mean I don't, I don't know i think it can be in the right context you just have to find the situation that can work i, I think there's definitely a situation where uh, Giancarlo Esposito on his own can be absolutely terrifying as a villain. I, I just think they have to find the right situation for it. Uh, what that is, I don't know. I'm not a fucking right. I don't have a clue. Um, but I <laughs> definitely think there is something they can do there. Also, I think as well, the I, I guess this is different for you because you haven't seen Rebels and you don't have the context for it. But the moment... Din, uh, the Mandalorian, like disarmed him the moment he took the dark saber from him. Immediately, I was like, "Oh fuck, no, that's bad." But you shouldn't have done I, that. I got that because in in like I didn't get it at the time, but I I watched the last episode twice. Um, and Bo-Katan made a big thing. She was like, "I couldn't give a fuck what you do with him, but he surrenders to me." Yeah. Um, and I picked that up on the second time around. I was like, "Oh, it was a." it was a big deal because yeah i'd like obviously i i finished season one and kind of did my googling what is the dark saber kind of thing um and i know that there's a bit of there's a bit of a debate and a conversation about you know do you need to surrender to someone because didn't someone give bo-katan the so yes so sabine um who funny enough uh you've just watched the the good place sabine is played by the actor who the actress who uh, you said you didn't like vicky i think Okay. Yeah, 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 she's she's Sabine. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Sabine um, handed gave the dark saber to Bo-Katan, and Bo-Katan accepted it. And so people have been saying, well, is that true? Because like she accepted it, um, and then she became the leader of Mandalore. She took it willingly from Sabine. But I think context is everything, though, because yeah, the, when she took the dark saber, we don't know what's happened after that until now like until that period we all we know is that something truly fucking terrible happened to mandalore and she lost the dark saber she lost the right to rule mandalore and something happened to the planet itself it's been like wiped out by the empire what happened exactly we don't know um one like youtuber i watch uh he's called star wars explained alex he Pose the theory that possibly um, Mandalorians didn't accept Bo-Katan as a true ruler because she didn't take the dark saber willingly. Uh, she was handed it. She didn't. Sorry, she didn't take it in combat like it's supposed to do. She didn't earn it. She just took it willingly from someone who handed it to her. So they didn't well, give her that respect. There's a big thing about like the story is the is what wins it, right? Like you need to be able to. Yeah. It comes along with like a, a good war story kind of thing. Mand- Mandalorian. The culture of Mandalorians is. It's all it's all like very game of thrones it's all like houses and uh and clans and like very swords and, and warriors and they respect like uh like bravery and courage and all that kind of stuff it's it's really weird and interesting and 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 what am i trying to say here it's it's very kind of old-fashioned in that respect uh, very much the the more fantasy side of Star Wars, which which is great in certain aspects. Um, so yeah, they very much like respect that kind of like like yeah, like you say the story and and what you did to earn it essentially. Okay, yeah. so that wasn't like I don't know maybe maybe there's somewhere I can go because I'm sat there I'm thinking like when I first watched it um, and like the second time round sorry um i was thinking to myself like that's because that that seems to be like the lead plot element that we can kind of go i'm sure that will pop up again in season three yeah um and i i I felt to myself like oh that's kind of like a like uh, like the allegiance of a sword kind of thing or like people's 
people's opinion on the Swords Allegiance, and I, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm really here for that. Uh, it felt a little bit, a little bit boring to me. But then I remembered that I've watched fucking eight Harry Potter movies. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's one of my biggest problems with Deathly Hallows Part Two is how the entire massive monologue or massive conversation in the book that spans like fucking eight pages or something of Harry going, yeah, but then when I shot it out of Malfoy's hand, the wand belonged to me, and how much I love that, and then when it didn't appear, and then the battle between Harry and Voldemort is just in silence. Yeah. I fucking hated that shit. Yeah. So, so I know for well that I'm not into it now. But give me, give me half a season, and I'll be there. Like, who does it? Who like did, did that person punch that person in a particular episode? Who who does its allegiance belong to? Kind of thing. I think um, it could be really interesting because. Uh, because what we know from Din, he's he's a Mandalorian, but he's an outsider. He's he was grew, he was raised in a cult in the Watch, um, who basically trying to to get back to the the roots of the old Mandalore, the the more like brutal and dark times of Mandalore, the the ways where you didn't take off your helmet, you was just the mask, you was an armor, you was a weapon and not a person. That's what he has been brought up to believe. Whereas people like Bo-Katan, people. Uh, like uh, Satine, Sabine, plenty of other Mandalorians, um, they were brought up in in this more sort of like modern, um, modern way of of we respect rulers, we respect the dark saber. Who he who he or she who holds the dark saber rules Mandalore. That's not something Din has been brought up with, and you saw it there. He was like, take it, I yield, whatever. I don't want it. You have it. But again, yeah. Bo-Katan is saying to him, doesn't work like that. We can't do that. We like she doesn't say this but she's saying we need to fight for it um where that's going to go in season three i really hope that's something they carry on with i really hope katie sackoff comes back uh, and we get some more bo and din mandalorian storylines i would absolutely fucking love that um i think that's really a good potential for season three because i think i think season three is going to be a departure because i don't think we're going to have grogu at least not for a while, anyway. Yeah, I, 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 I was wondering this, right? Because there's two options, um, and I don't know which one I'd prefer. To be completely honest with you, the first option is that he's either just, n- either just not in it, or like he comes back in like a big way at the end, and it's like fucking I don't know, teenage Yoda or something like now super <laughs> evolved. Um, but no, so it'll either be like he comes back in like a big way towards the end of the series and see. I all think. The problems. I, I think that Grogu won't be in season three at all. I, I think he will be completely out of the storyline, and I think that's good. I think I think he will come back. He, I think that he will be in the show again. I don't think he died at the temple, like everyone's suggestion. I think he does come back to Din at some point. Uh, Din even says to him, I'll see you again. Uh, we'll see each other again, he says. I, I definitely think that's going to happen. I just think they need time to allow that, though. Uh, they need to, like, establish... They need to establish Din without the child. Because Di- before Din had Grogu, he he was a bad, well, morally ambiguous person. He was a bounty hunter, killed needlessly, didn't really care about anyone. Uh, and then, like... Well, we've seen it. The show showed us, like, as soon as he met Grogu, he started to change. He started to become more concerned with his actions and more concerned with his honour, especially. Uh, I think the line a lot of people tag onto is the... um, uh, the my armor's lost its integrity, and and that's like, is he talking about the armor or is he talking about himself? There is he, because he is the armor. He is the Mandalore, the Mandalorian, oh, the I weapon. I never thought about it like that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think w- when he says that, when he says my armor's lost its integrity, I think I think he's talking about himself. Like he's he's let himself become this sort of a weapon essentially um and now that he's had the child grogu in his life he's seeing that that's not really the that's not the way as as much as he hasn't told him that's not the way i see what you're doing yeah exactly and i think that's a really interesting path to go down and that's why i think in season three you, you should have that separation because then you can see how is that going to affect him is he going to like slip back into all his old ways is he going to be a little bit down a little bit darker now that he doesn't have 
Grogu gonna, to look after He's going to be like, look, realistically, right, how much of this is Grogu going to even know about? Well, none of it. That's the, Yeah, he's not going to know about any of it, but I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that Din knows. I think it's the effect that Grogu had on Din, not the other way around, really. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I'm conscious of time, so I'll ask... Um, I'm going to press on. One serious question I have for you, and I'd like to weigh in on this as well. Can yeah. you believe that in the good year uh, of 2020, um, the director of Ant-Man and the Wasp was trusted <laughs> with the return of Luke fucking Skywalker? <laughs> um, uh, right, I'm not here for this Ant-Man and the Wasp slander, first of all. <laughs> all right? It's a good film. I like, I like the Ant-Man it, movie. It is, it is fine at best. <laughs> Yeah, it's not amazing, but I'm not here for any slander for it. All right, I'll have you. All right, all right. Okay. Leave your slander at the door here, good sir. That's not what we do at another happy pond, he, unless we're he, talking about last Christmas. If but... it helps, right. Well, well, hang on. Let me slander another segment then. Can you believe that the man who directed the worst episode of season two of Mandalorian also directed the best? All right. First of all, I, I'm not. If you think I'm having any frog lady slander either, <laughs> <laughs> no big spider slander. I know it's the same episode. I'm here for the frog lady. I'm not here for the big spiders, man. They're, I'm here they for were the boring. big spiders. That was a good nah. episode. No, nah, it, was, it was. It was. It was. It was okay at best. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're gonna have fighting words, good sir. But no. yeah, I can because he's a good director. So yeah, what do you want from me? Oh, well, what I wanted from you, Nathan, was a nice clickbait title, but you, <laughs> you've refused to give it to me. Um, <laughs> right, let's no, I'll play your games. All right, let <laughs> let 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 this um, let's let's do the big two things that we've been saving for the end. Um, Boba Fett thoughts. Um, I I thought I would hate it uh, because I've. I've never been one of the people. I've never been one of the the uh, the people who who loved Boba Fett. I just didn't get it. Like uh, from from what we see in the movies, it's fucking terrible. All he does <laughs> is fly around. He says four <laughs> words at best, um, and then he flies into the side of Jabba's barge and falls into the fucking the Sarlacc pit. And then, and then the Sarlacc pit burps, and it's a great joke, and we all laugh, and Boba Fett is dead. I, I never understood the obsession that some like it's because he had the olders, cool voice before he had the um yeah it was before, the Jeremy Bullock was... voice yeah 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 he was not um... Jeremy Bullock actually Jeremy Bullock was the guy in the costume but the the actual someone else yeah and it's um, a big big R.I.P. to him as well didn't yeah he? shout out. He did, yeah. Just before, like, the last episode, I think, yeah. Oh, man, that straight up sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, but, yeah, so I never understood the obsession that particularly older fans had with this character. I just I didn't get it at all. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Do what you do. Do what makes you happy. Not not for me particularly, but you do you. Um and clearly, John Favreau was again of that generation. John Favreau was someone who loved Boba Fett. He clearly wanted to do a Boba Fett TV show. Kathleen Kennedy said, "No, well, let's 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 hold off on that here. Do something else. Do the Mandalorian." And went, "Okay, we'll we'll do this. We'll see where this goes." And and here we are. Uh, <laughs> Boba Fett is back um, again. I thought I would hate it, but you know what? John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez. They made me like Boba Fett. So. That, that man is something else, right? The, one of my favourite fucking things, and I actually screen recorded it because I loved the little piece of it so much. Um, there's something so like wholesome about him planning the episode and going home to his two uh, sons, asking them to put on like Stormtrooper, like a little Stormtrooper toy helmet, and the same for the Boba Fett um, helmet, and and then recreating the shot he was going to make, like making an animatronic, yeah. but putting in like fake, like shitty green screens and where he didn't even key out the green. Like it was so low effort, but it was so fucking cool. And he had like stormtrooper toys that were like blowing up or falling over. Um, I love that man. It's such, such a fucking cool way of like, 
doing something like how often do you get to see that on a budget of that size oh hardly ever and it and it definitely worked and he said like specifically he need he needed to get the exact vibe across of what he was going for like storyboards and animatics or whatever they just wouldn't cut it he needed to show what he wanted to get across and and he did it perfectly i think if you put the footage beside each other the only difference really would be that one clearly has a much higher budget than the other other than that they'd be shot for sure yeah like i i loved um like i i to be honest i was never one of them people that was like boba fett is the coolest person alive right it was quite obvious that he was just not the coolest person alive <laughs> He looks yeah. cool. He's got cool armor, and I like the whole like you know it is. It was nice to watch, um, um, like especially because of the versions I saw of the original trilogy where they already had the uh, the new actor's voice. What's he called again? The that's uh, Myron Morrison. That's it. Yeah, and they yeah. had like oh, there's something there's something cool about a New Zealand accent, especially one that sounds so like gruff like that. Um, yeah, the whole <laughs> he's no use to me, did. <laughs> um, it was really cool, um, but yeah, like I, I saw that he was cool, but I never was like this guy's the best because I kind of was already in on the joke that this guy's kind of sucks. Um, yeah, and then, mate, he came out in this like a fucking barbarian or some ridiculous shit. Like the, that did. stick he had that was just crushing the masks and stuff like that. It was just the fucking... gaffy stick. Yeah, yeah, it was genuinely madness. Um, it was. It was, I, it was really it. well done. I, I think definitely, like, yeah, all right, sure. It may not match up with what we've seen. Like, he's not the goofball of the galaxy that, we, that we've that we seen in the movies. Um, but you know what? Fuck it, I'm okay with that retcon. Like, if you want to make him cool, make him cool, man. I'm okay with that. And I kind of, like... No, I don't. I love that Tamara Morrison came back because um, he just seems so excited to be playing not this character again, but a version of of Django Fett, Boba Fett in this case. Because if you watch the Disney Gallery, oh, he is he is so pure and he is, happy. He's loving it. He is having the time of his life, and like they show you that he put um, his own like. Um, is that, is Maori? I think he's a Maori Maori tribe fighting style in into the character of Boba Fett as well. Um, and then you see him on set doing the hacker, um, and that's how they got involved with it. And it was it was just really good. It was really good to see to see him back. Um, and just to again to hear, um, I'm just a simple man making his way in the universe like my father before me. Two great Star Wars quotes put together. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, oh, it, it, and it, it was good. It was so good to see him back. And I and I like. Uh, I have no idea, and we won't go into this because we'll probably save it for when ultimately the series comes out and we talk about it on this podcast. Uh, I've no idea what we're going to see in the book of Boba Fett, and I and I'm very excited about the fact that I have no idea what it could be. Um, let's talk about the 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 big thing, right? Which is obviously Bill Burr. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Bill Burr's great as well. A side side point. Bill Burr in this episode is was one of the performances of the season, which is fucking great. Um, yeah, his his scene where he just is, gets up and is just so done listening to the fucking smug pricks. Um, uh, smug prick of like, was it like an officer or a general or something? Uh, yeah, um, it was an officer. Yeah, yeah, and it just it just shoots him straight in the fucking chest. <laughs> Again, it was it was a great scene, very much like uh, the bar in Glorious Bastards, very much what it reminded me of. Um, so it was just a, a, a that's great a good scene. shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically that scene, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun with that scene. Yeah, I really liked it. But yeah, that's not what we wanted to talk about. Move on. Big. Big man Luke. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying, um, so yeah, look, there were so many people in this when this came out that I'd ima- I'd imagine that Dave Filoni was at home and just went like when the reactions to this came out, Dave Filoni just went, "No, you don't get it again." Um, <laughs> there is so many fucking people that were like, finally. This is how you do Luke Skywalker, Ugh. and of course, this version of Luke Skywalker is going to be more in line with the fucking Luke Skywalker you saw in Return of the Jedi because it happened five fucking years ago. <laughs> exactly. As not not to fucking 30. thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. And he hasn't oh, had just... all the fucking tragedy and trauma that older it... Luke has gone through yet. 
And do you know what? I'm I'm so sick of seeing it on Twitter. Like I, I'd like to formally invite you. If you don't like the Last Jedi, <laughs> my my Twitter's not private anymore. DM me, <laughs> right? I would love to get you on this podcast so we can bully you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i have to say <laughs> I, I was the same and i think when i first saw the episode i wasn't sure how i felt about it because pure and, it, and it, it had nothing to do with the episode at all it was purely because of exactly what you was talking about like I was I was excited to see Luke. I really was. Don't get me wrong. But the moment the episode ended, I didn't even open Twitter. But I already <laughs> knew there would just be so many tweets yeah. and articles saying, "Finally, this is how you did it." Ryan Johnson, who Last Jedi is not canon anymore. This yeah. is Luke <laughs> Thank you, Dave Filoni. Thank you. Oh, fuck off. No. Okay. I, I wish I could. I wish I could. Um, it's funny because of the good place as well. I'm picturing like my ideal version of heaven, uh, and it would be in that five minutes w- between finishing the episode and before I went on Twitter. <laughs> and that's that's my happy mental state where I'm like, I really liked that. I was I must have been so slow on the uptake because I I was sat there the whole time and I got through an X-wing, a black glove, a hand without a black glove. A green lightsaber until something in me, as just before he took off his hood, went, Oh, it's probably Luke. <laughs> right? I was so fucking slow on the up because I was, I thought to myself, There's no way. There's no way they'll do it. You saw the actual lightsaber. How did you not get it then? Because I, I was just excited about the fact that there was a lightsaber, Nathan. I didn't, I'm not a big loser like you. Right? I just. Oh. <laughs> I watch it and I, I and I was like, this is good. I'm having a good time, and I don't I don't always piece things together the quickest. I'm I'm awful at uh, picking up like Easter eggs or references and stuff. That's why I, it's why immediately after watching almost anything, I just go on IMDb and read the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'll be honest, right? And I'll admit this. We're now we're now. I think this is our sixteenth episode of this podcast. It's what I do to take my notes. <laughs> <laughs> on, on everything none of my opinions are my own I'm a fraud <laughs> um, you poor simple man no, it was good it was really good to see Luke Skywalker um, again reactions aside I, I did struggle with it at first just because I think the I, I it kind of took away from for me what was probably the best moment in the series um, and that was the goodbye between Grogu and Din um that that for me was the crux of the entire the entire show that was the most emotional most poignant scene we've had those two saying goodbye the fact that like in the last episode we saw what din was willing to do for this kid we saw that he was willing to abandon his beliefs the the very fucking rules that he's lived by as a child to save his son um he was willing to take off his helmet and abandon those beliefs and again, in this episode, we get the next evolution of that. He lets his son see his face. He lets Grogu, not only lets him touch his face, and it's just the most heartwarming, the most emotional scene ever. Um, and it is just, it is just a little upstaged by the fact that Luke Skywalker's there, just looking on. Um, but again, it's all great though. I, I like it all. Yeah, I like it as well. I think it was... I do hello? think you're right. Like, hello? What the fuck happened there? I don't fucking know, Nathan. We're on a, t- we're on a time schedule as well, so shut your <laughs> mouth about it. We're, right. <laughs> we're carrying on now. So, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, a good season uh, overall. Uh, I was I was quite excited to see the... Um, the I, I, I liked all the bits. Like, oh, like, look at this deep fake of Luke. It's so much better. And the people that comment that realizing, <laughs> yeah, but they, you've done, they did ninety nine percent of the work. <laughs> like, you, yes, yes, you yeah. can put a reflection in his eyes. Well done. But did you take like a fucking sixty something? Or like, how old is Mark Hamill? Like seventy or some shit? Uh, yeah, seventy something. I don't yeah. imagine. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like you didn't take that version of Mark Hamill and make him yeah. look fucking twenty. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Um, what what did you think of the whole season as a whole? 
Uh, good, really good. Um, step in the right direction. It evolved uh, on the plots and the story of the first, and and like I said, the the character development of Din himself was what I loved the most about it. That's that's the driving force behind the show. The relationship between Din and his son. Um, that's the heart of it. So I was really glad to see that evolved and and the two worked well together. Like I said, season three, what's going to happen? Don't know. Uh, Grogu probably won't be there. Uh, and I think that's okay. Uh, I think yeah. it's good to evolve that character. And if, and if it does if he does go back, if it is a character uh, undevelopment, I guess is the word, um, that's okay too. Um, I think you can have like, that You can have that backtrack. Um, I feel like Grogu was, was been... like the, the, the thing that kept people interested for season. So like season one was great. And then like, season one also got like the people that didn't really care enough about it but then went oh he's cute to watch it and talk about it on twitter then he's in season two and it's great and then they ushered in like a bit more like canon stuff or like more obscure stuff like the the dark saber bogotan stuff like that stuff like mainstream star wars fans maybe wouldn't know so much about um and then uh now they're gonna move away from it a little bit and circle back around to it obviously but the fact that they're evolving the show is quite interesting. It's always good to keep shit fresh rather than just rely on tried and tested methods. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm really excited uh, for what come next for what comes next, whenever that may be. I'm going to say this is a paternal pod, <laughs> Nathan. For what about sake. you? <laughs> what does that even mean? It means it's a very fatherly pod, Nathan. Right? <laughs> it was a look. It was an alliteration. I went for it. Just fucking say your thing. Look, I'm going to say is I really liked it, um, and I can't wait to see more. So Boo. fucking do that what you will, Boo. you. Fuck you. Right. As <laughs> always, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've had a whale of a time on this episode of Another Happy Pod, brought to you by us. Me. <laughs> be sure to check us out on twitter for all the gifts and that good shit you can find us there at another happy pod drop us a tweet let us know what you would like to see here next otherwise stay groovy and we will see you on thursdays now we're switching it up we're going to be doing on thursdays because i can't be asked to keep losing every single sunday to uploading and editing this there we go um also as well people might not know this but uh, shout out to Lawrence for landing a job editing with Mr. Sunday Movies. Oh, nice. Great fucking, great fucking catch from my man here. We're oh. all very proud of him. Uh, if you want to go check out Mr. Sunday Movies, what was it called again? Um, uh, it was, it, the video was called um, like Marvel Powers We Haven't Seen Yet or something. Like Marvel that. Powers We Haven't Seen Yet. So go check that out. Support Lawrence. Support Mr. Sunday. Not that he I'll, needs it. I'll clarify. But... I did not get a job. I got one one offer of of, a, of an opportunity and it was cool. Oh, uh, there's more to come. We'll, uh, we'll see no, you happens. don't know that. Don't jinx stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see, you. we'll see everyone back here next Thursday. Uh, have a lovely week and don't cough on your friends. <laughs> Yeah, don't. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> Another happy part. Bye. Bye. Another happy part. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.